why can't you get the narcissist out of your head? Why do they keep coming and ruminating and things just pop into your head and it's obsessive thoughts that just can't leave you alone? They're gone, maybe. Maybe they're in the next room. And yet you're replaying things over and over in your head. Often we ruminate and think about what we could have, should have, and would have done differently. We often internalize that the abuse is our fault if we had only, and, and we replay good memories that we've had with them, and we replay the bad memories. There's no select, like, it's everything. We can ruminate about whatever it is that we are trying to figure out. Rumination is part of recovery, and we need to learn how to identify it, how to slow it down, or stop it. What do we do? Today, my guest, Brie Bonchet, a dear friend of mine, um, the founder of World Narcissist Abuse Awareness Day and an awesome therapist, is going to talk about rumination. We're really going to get into the nuts and bolts about what to do and how to move on. This is not an easy thing, but let's talk to Brie and get all of her wealth of information. And uh, let's see if this helps you. My name is Tracy Malone. I'm the founder of NarcissistAbuseSupport.com. If you are new to my channel, please click the like button if you like the video and subscribe. I'm always interviewing experts and bringing you the information that you need to heal. Look that way. I've got to get used to it. That way. I can't even point to it. There we go. My new book just came out, Divorcing Your Narcissist. You can't make this shit up. You can find it on Amazon. And um, I look forward to meeting you. Let's meet Bree. Thank you, Bree, so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. It is always a pleasure to see you. And you're such a wealth of information for everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about rumination. And to me, that this is the, kind, the type of abuse that keeps on giving. Our own brain is ruminating their thoughts and they struggle to like get rid of these invasive thoughts. So um, can we start by explaining what is rumination and uh, what's the difference between just worrying and anxiety? Yeah, no, good questions. So rumination is really just uh, it's actually a habit. So people think it's something that can happen to you, like catching the cold, but it's something that we do. It's a learned habit. And that's kind of a good thing because then we can actually, with a little bit of persistence, we can fix that. We can um, solve that habit. But rumination is really sort of like repeatedly obsessing over something, dwelling on the past. It's usually like going over specific details of something that, that are tend to be negative, um, that people will beat themselves up. It's a preoccupation trying, you know, when you can't stop thinking or obsessing about the same thing over and over again. Um, so, you know, with What's the difference between rumination and anxiety? Rumination tends to be more past focus. So anxiety, a lot of the times is what if, and it's in the future. Rumination tends to be about something that people do that um, they're, they're going over something in the past they did that they didn't, they feel that they didn't do right. So survivors of narcissistic abuse will tend to ruminate about things like, um, every detail of the relationship, like where did I go wrong? 
Was there anything I could have done differently? Uh, and with survivors, rumination can be more present focused things like, does the, my ex-narcissist, are they thinking about me? Mm -hmm. Are they, do they miss me? Are they happier now? Mm -hmm. um, did they, or back in the past, did they know they were being abusive at the time to mm -hmm. me, right? So th those kind of questions um, just, they'll not be able to really stop or shut their mind off. I can't tell you how many times people come to me and just, you know, or say, Brie, just, I want to be able to just shut my mind off. <laughs> and it's, oh. <laughs> right? And, and I want to say too, you know, with rumination, um, you know, after a breakup or something significant like that, it's normal to, to, to kind of maybe, you know, reflect on what happened, right? Maybe to kind of look at, you know, what happened? Did, did I, you want to go back and you really kind of want to look at things just so that you can make sure that you've identified red flags, maybe things that you you didn't see that you will see in the future so you can protect yourself. So rumination, so so I shouldn't say rumination, but reflection is kind of like a, a useful tool we all have to protect ourselves. But when it becomes excessive um, and people can't stop ruminating and there is no resolution, there's no solution, that's when it can become pretty, you know, severe and people are at risk of depression, anxiety, um, low self-esteem, and even like binge eating and, and drinking excessive use of substances. Mm -hmm. and, and what you said is, is such an important part about the ruminating and, and looking at the past, right? Um, we can't change the past. It's unfixable. You can't like, boom, boom, we can get the answers that we didn't have and we needed to understand. But when we are ruminating, we're living in the past. Like it, it helped, it doesn't let us move into healing because we're still stuck in, but why, but what if, oh, oh, and, and that just consumes you. And because it's unfixable, it's like a loop. Like, how are you going to get out of it? If it's just continuously going around it, is there a time in, in, in the abuse recovery cycle that is like, again, you said it's normal, but is it normal for three months, a year, four years? Uh oh, we better get some real help. What, what's, what's the pattern of when it comes into the recovery plan? Well, I, I think it's not really a length of time, but like, how it, is it, is it impacting your functioning? Are you not able to work? Are you not able to be in the present and be engaged with people in your life? Is it, is it preventing you from doing things that you, you should be doing or want to be doing? And, you know, with rumination, I think with a lot of survivors, this will resonate with them is that, you know, when, when we're doing it, mm -hmm. it feels like we are doing something about the problem. So we're getting a little bit of relief, right? We're getting that temporary sense of like relief that we're actually solving the problem. But the problem is we're not because ruminating tends to ask more questions like why, like, why did this happen? I didn't deserve this. Um, you know, what if, what if this never goes away? What if I never feel better? So when, when you start to just sort of dwell on those, you can see that they're not really solution focused. They're not action oriented. So one thing I always tell my clients is that if you change the question, you can 
help yourself to stop ruminating. So, so if you start to ask more how questions, right? Like, okay, how can I fix this problem? Mm-hmm. How can I, um, you know, make myself feel better? Um, then that's going to probably, hopefully, prompt you to some action mm-hmm. where you're not just, like you said, kind of spinning in the past of things that really you can't, you can't control. And, you know, you, a lot of times, and hope maybe we'll talk about this, is like, you'll probably never understand it because it doesn't even make sense half the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, of course, not with a narcissistic relationship, but there's there's no answers. Like, who does that should be like the, the hat slogan that we have, right? right? There's no explanation of that. But victims often get like a double whammy of the rumination in the aftermath of this. You've talked about this before. Can you explain what the double whammy is? Or do we yeah, so answer that? It's, it's, you know, I say it's a double whammy, but it's sort of like it could be a triple or quadruple whammy because the, the relationships with narcissists, they, like I was saying, they, they, it's normal to ruminate, especially after a significant event. Mm-hmm. We should expect it. Mm-hmm. But um, an, a relationship with a narcissist really sets us up to ruminate because the relationship, I mean, there's so much gaslighting. So survivors come out of those relationships with so much self-doubt and confusion that, you know, when things don't make sense, humans are wired. Mm -hmm. Try to find answers. So that will keep them spinning. The other thing is, you know, the narcissists themselves, they have that Jekyll and Hyde personality. It's very duplicitous. And so, again, you know, you come out of the relationship, you're going to be analyzing and obsessing with what was true, what was not, um, what did, did, when they said that, did they mean it, you know, and so, um, you know, so there's the relationship dynamics that set survivors up for uh, ruminating, but then also it's like the survivor themselves, because when, when you come out of a relationship, a lot of times you've been so abused that you're activated, right? You're, you're in survival mode. Your amygdala is activated. So that in itself can, can cause rumination because when that's going on, it's shutting off the prefrontal cortex, which is more of your thinking brain, your higher functioning, your memory, and your you know reasoning. And when that's shut off, it's really much harder to to recall things that will help you stop ruminating, like positive memories, like just positive things in general, right? Mm-hmm. And so that that is when I refer to the double whammy. It's like we're, you know, physio- physiologically we're set up then to ruminate as well. Absolutely, and that makes so much sense. The gaslighting. As soon as you started that sentence, I was like, well, of course they're confused. The gaslighting. This is when they're sort of like understanding it they're learning what gaslighting was and then identifying things in their life that were gaslighting and that's confusing and then you have the what ifs and the oh no and and again that self-blame that that guilt i should have done things differently creeps in until they actually analyze the memories they sit there and journal about them think about them with a therapist go through them and see the truth that this was not all the the roses and and you know puppy tails that we thought it was, um, and so 
getting through there is, is part of the, you know, it's part of the journey. It has to be. We have to understand that's part of the education, but we don't want to stay stuck in it. You have always talked about the three C's for decreasing rumination. What does that mean? I know everybody's going to want to hear this. Okay. So, you know, when, when people come to me and they're just, they can't shut their minds off and it, they're so distressed. So there's a few, there's a few sort of ways to do that. And so there's like different strategies, right? So there's, there's more long-term strategies that I work with people in therapy and we really get to the root of rumination. Rumination can be a cover for things, right? So we tend to ruminate because it makes us feel better in the moment, gives us a temporary feeling of relief, like we're actually working on a problem, but maybe we're really trying to avoid, you know, confronting some painful emotions, mm -hmm. confronting some painful facts. Sometimes that there, you know, there's some secondary gains and, you know, maybe there's some, you know, need, need to, to control or feel, or have that kind of illusion of control. And so there's some deeper reasons why we ruminate that are more that you need to take a little bit of time and persistence and work on. So strategies that can help people like today. I have a couple hacks that I hope to share with you, some quick hacks. But then the three C's are sort of like more body-based strategies. So the first one, you want to think of like changing the channel, right? Because you're stuck on this channel. And so you want to think of like changing the channel. And the best way to get out of your head, which is really literally the definition of rumination, right? Being in your head is to get into your body. It's really pretty simple. And so, so you want to just kind of change your, what you're doing. So, so the best things to do are, and I could go into this, but I, I'll spare you <laughs> today is like, you want to do like cerebellum boosting activities. So something that keeps you moving and thinking. So if it's like a new activity that you haven't done, like Taekwondo, maybe you've never done that. So you'd have to kind of think about it plus you're moving, or even knitting. It could be really anything um, will help you get into your body. Mm -hmm. And then it sort of, it will short circuit the rumination. So that's sort of like more of an instant kind of relief. Mm -hmm. Things that are creative. So you wanna think of um, like kind of change what you're doing, get creative. Again, when you're, when you're doing something creative, you're, you're more in the present and you, um, can really kind of short circuit that rumination. And then the last one is connection. So you really wanna connect with people, even have a lot of eye contact. When you are making eye contact, it's really hard to be thinking about past, right? Or, you know, when you're, and people who, you know, survivors, when they come out of these relationships, you know, what do they tend to do? Isolate, right? You know, and you just sit all day thinking about stuff that's going to just make you more upset so you know really connecting with people talking to people socializing eye contact will help you you know one decrease the isolation which is so important but also it'll short circuit your brain because it's really hard to be thinking about the past when you're in the present moment yeah absolutely thank you so much for sharing that i mean if you think about the creative one i was like oh yeah like again not only does it like take your mind off of it but you're like literally concentrating on paint by numbers or whatever yeah. you have decided to do and and again your your brain can only hold so much at the same time so it's it, it's all about that changing of the channel changing the messages because I also have people that I just be like, stay in the present moment. 
and I right now I'm safe right now you know that was yesterday I'm working on it but I'm leaving it there and I'm gonna focus on knitting today and and just sort of being in that moment and and convincing yourself that again maybe back there you weren't safe but I'm safer here or I'm getting safe just to give yourself that internal messaging because no one else is telling us that and we have to be there for ourselves to tell us that. And it literally is using a different brain region too, mm -hmm. so that you are sort of short circuiting, you know, literally changing the channel. And um, one thing that I find really interesting is um, taking a cold shower. I know that sounds, you know, <laughs> crazy, but taking a cold shower will help you stop ruminating. Plus it has a lot of other benefits, like it boosts your immunity. It will increase your serotonin, which is wonderful because serotonin is like responsible for us to feel calm and relaxed right that's so taking a cold shower does that because the shock it actually like shocks your brain right and it it it, it like activates the parasymp parasympathetic nervous system which is responsible for calming your body down. And what it does, it's, it takes your brain along with it. Mm -hmm. And so it increases your circulation, your, you know, your blood flow and releases these chemicals. So that's kind of a quick hack. I mean, if you're just you know, having one of those days, take mm -hmm. a cold shower. And I have one more, I don't know if we have time. Okay. So the other one I tell like people to do is when, you know, when you're ruminating you kind of feel like you're daydreaming right you're kind of maybe just staring off into space and you're kind of thinking so if you get really aware and and just focus your eyeballs forward really hold them still still and focus them forward your your brain needs to move your eyeballs to retrieve memories so when you're holding your eyeballs still and focusing forward and that's also why connection can really help right having that eye contact that literally short circuits rumination. So no, these aren't long-term strategies. These are like strategies when you just need to do something right now because you've got to shut your mind off and you probably will have to keep doing them. Um, but there are little hacks that you can use throughout the day if you find yourself drifting off, mm -hmm. uh, you know, ruminating and, and want to just kind of stop that. Yeah, thank you. Those are excellent ideas. This has been an amazing conversation. What I would love for you to do is share with the audience where people can find you. And I think that you said you might have a free gift for people. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, okay, so people can find me at a couple places. They can go to my website blog, which is called freefromtoxic.com. They can go to freebonchemyname.com. <laughs> um, and those are the best places to find me. So, um, and if you want to download my, my guide, my guide for rumination, and I go into everything I talked about and a little bit more and more detail, you can, you can do that from my freefromtoxic.com. But I wanted to share with you uh, a little bit about the summit sampler that I'm giving away that's free that people can go and grab. And it's some, some interviews that I've done. I, I took about three interviews I did from World Narcissistic Abuse Awareness Day, which I hold every year. And I interview all the, the leading experts in the field. 
and it's on June 1st every year and it's free. Um, and then after that, it, you know, people can buy, you know, have lifetime access to the interviews. Um, but for June 1st, it's free. And what I've done is I've, I've taken three of those interviews. It's gone on for five years now. I've taken three really great ones that I felt were like, like a good sampler. And you can go to, um, oh my gosh, where, where could you find those? You could go to free, free from toxic. You can get them there. Just put in the code um, Tracy gift and you can get them for free. Um, but yes, so that's coming up June 1st. So I hope everybody joins me for June 1st for World Narcissistic Abuse Awareness Day. And you can get more information about that at WNAAD.com. That is World Narcissist Abuse Awareness Day. Take those words and take the first letter and you'll find her website. Get on her mailing list. It's so important, guys, because, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, not June yet, but it will be. And you want to get the notifications when this stuff is going live. Um, Brie is an amazing interviewer and she's got the best guests. And it's just like, I, I look forward to it every single year. So um, it's one of the biggest resources out there. And I think everybody needs to be jumping on that. We'll put your links down below for people to contact you and for them to get the free gift. We'll put the code in there and everything and give them everything they need. But from the bottom of my heart, I cannot thank you enough. This is so helpful. Everybody gets stuck on rumination and this is going to give them a lot of answers. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm just honored to be here and speaking with you. Thank you.